Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensah Wood. Well, welcome into God's presence this morning. Join me in welcoming our online audience as well as those that watch on TV. And if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, stop by and see us. A warm welcome awaits you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My Lord and my God. We just celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is my favorite season other than the Christmas season. Amen. Because if Jesus just remained as a baby, then nothing happened. Or if he died and didn't raise, then that's also not, not, not all right. But thank God we serve a God who is alive. Thank God we serve Jesus and he is alive. And he is doing very well. He's not nervous about anything going on in the earth. Amen. He's doing all right. And if, because Jesus lives, you will live also. Amen. Because Jesus lives, there is hope for you. If you believe that, say amen. All right, let's get into our Bible lesson this morning. So after Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, um, turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 9. We're talking about what Jesus is doing for us now. And thank God for all the wonderful testimonies hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 it says but christ came as high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation nor with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption having obtained eternal redemption christ came as a as high priest of the good things to come we serve a good god somebody say we serve a good god shouted we serve a good god christ came as high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle you see, when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, you see, we, we know a lot about um, the substitution of Jesus Christ and what he did in his substitution, what he did for us on the cross and when he was raised from the dead. And then two, we also know about um, what the Holy Spirit, through the word, does in us now in the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we know so little about what Jesus is doing for us now in his present day ministry at the right hand of the Father. And then for what his word and his love does through us in ministry. These are very crucial things. Now, in John chapter 20, John chapter 20 verse 15. Notice this, that was the first ministry of Jesus Christ. You notice that when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, um, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? From whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And then verse 17 says, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. 
So Mary sees, her, sees Jesus, and the first thing that she naturally wants to do is she's so excited because they all thought that it was all over. But thank God with Jesus, it's not all over. I said, with Jesus, it's not all over. I said, with Jesus, it's not all over. So in her excitement, when she sees Jesus, she wants to give Jesus a hug and, and give him, I mean, just, 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 I mean, she's so excited. So she says, I mean, but Jesus said, no, 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 hold on, don't touch me yet. For I have not yet ascended unto my father and your father. Why did he say that? He was on his way because later on in a few verses down, uh, when he saw Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas, but don't call him Doubting Thomas when you see him up there. You will not be too thrilled because in heaven there is no doubt. Amen. <laughs> but when he saw Thomas, Thomas said, he said, Thomas was doubting that Jesus was raised from the dead. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Just a few Verses up, he said, Mary, don't touch me. A few moments later, a few, um, not long after, he sees Thomas and says, Thomas, now you can touch me. What's going on here? He was on his way to do exactly what we have read about in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, where he says, and it was a once for all ministry. Verse 12 says, not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place. When he was speaking to Thomas, follow this closely because this is very important. When he was speaking to Thomas, he said to him, in a statement to Thomas, he says to him that look, when he appeared later to his disciples, he said to him, I mean, flesh and bones, are, are, I mean, they thought they are seen a spirit. But she said, no, no, I'm, I'm the real person that you are, you are looking at. But he did not mention his blood. His blood had been emptied and presented before God as a sacrifice, as a token for you and I, our redemption. Very crucial. Because with, the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, uh, if you take that out of Christianity, there's nothing left. No one in the Old Testament could approach the presence of God without blood. The high priest every year had to go in there very carefully, once a year into the holies of holies, where the presence of God was shot. And he had to go with great caution. And if he made any mistake, he potentially will not come back. They put things on his feet. And kept, they kept checking, are you there? Are you still there? Hello, are you still there? They didn't have cell phones then. Are you still there? Are you still alive? Are you, how, are you, how are you doing? But Jesus Christ came and with his blood presented a once and for all sacrifice before God. And the Bible says, purchase an eternal redemption for you and I. If that had not happened, none of us would have been born again. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Say thank God for the blood of Jesus. Say thank God for the blood of Jesus. A once for all sacrifice made eternal redemption available for all of us. Thank you, Jesus. 
So that was a one-time ministry that he had to do. The high priest had to do it every year. But now, as a once-for-all sacrifice, that redemption has been made available for us. Maybe you are here, you are watching on TV or online, and you are saying, Pastor, how can I receive this? Sometimes you are guilt-ridden in your sins. You are crying out, how do I come out of this? I come, I've come to assure you by the word of the living God that if you receive what Jesus Christ has done for you, you will receive, your sins will be wiped away and you will be made a new creation. And maybe you are, you are just looking at your past and you are saying, how can I overcome this? I have come to announce to you by the word of the living God that when Jesus Christ comes on the scene, your past is wiped away. There is hope for you. There is hope for, for everyone. A once and for all ministry. That was the very first thing that he did. Redemption has been made available. And that redemption not only includes the forgiveness or the remission of sins. That redemption, my Lord and my God, is, has been made available to you to make you whole in every area of your life. This morning I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, receive wholeness in every area of your life. I said receive wholeness in every area of your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that began his ministry as high priest. And so right now, beyond that, what is Jesus doing every day? Is he on a vacation? No, no, no. Jesus never takes a vacation. <laughs> it thrilled me so much when I realized that Jesus Christ is still in the ministry. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Is he any less anointed than he was on the shores of, of, of Galilee? No, 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 no. He hasn't lost any bit of it. It's increased, actually. Hebrews chapter 13 talks about the fact that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. He's the same Jesus. He's just changed positions. He's not walking here physically in the earth. He's now in heaven. But now his body is now in the earth. And he, he manifests himself and reveals himself to us. Through his body, to the world, through his body. But he's not dead. No, no, no. Other people, their religion, the leaders of their religions, when you go to their tomb, uh, they, sometimes it's sacred. But their remains are still dead. If you go to the tomb of Jesus, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. Shout it, he's alive. Shout it, he's alive. Shout it, he's alive. You don't only say that on Resurrection Sunday. You say that all throughout the, day, throughout the year. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But one of the things that Jesus Christ is doing for us is, is also continuing his ministry as high priest. Let's go a step further here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9, 
Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. So that the, the blood was presented as a once for all, one, one time. But notice this. He says, for Christ, Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself Often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the ages, he has sacrificed to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. By the sacrifice of himself. As high priests. But notice he says that to do away or to put away sin. Notice he doesn't say sins. He says sin. By the sacrifice of himself. He's referring to the original sin that Adam and Eve committed that brought sins into the world. You see, if everybody that comes into the world at some point... Uh, that dead nature comes in and Jesus Christ, he has already made a way for that sin nature to be taken away. Let's go a step further here. We are, we are, we are learning something. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He says this. He says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The sin nature is what causes the sins to follow. One time, somebody came to D.L. Moody, an evangelist that wanted to be with the Lord. And this person came to D.L. Moody and said to D.L. Moody that I love to dance, worldly, worldly dancing. And um, I want to give my heart to the Lord Jesus. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. But you see, let me, I want to stop this dancing first, this worldly dancing first. Then I will give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Moody said, no, no, you have it the way around. Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you can dance all you want. <laughs> So she said, all right, let, I'm going to, um, what, what do I need to do? And so she led this, he led this, this person to the Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of days later, he saw this, this lady and said, and the lady said, uh, I understand now what you are saying, or what you were saying. Because now that I've given my life to Jesus Christ, the one too to be involved in worldly dancing is gone. I don't want to do it anymore. That is the power of the gospel. Jesus Christ takes away that sin nature and in its, new, in its place, a new nature takes its place. He was made sin. He committed no sin, but he was made sin on the cross for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the, in, in the prayer verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, if anyone Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. What has become new? The person living on the inside has become a new creation. It's as new as when Adam was created before he sinned. My Lord and my God. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Shout it, thank you, Jesus. Shout it, thank you, Jesus. Shout it, thank you, Jesus. He is our Lord High Priest. And he's still in the ministry. Notice this in Hebrews chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. He's called Jesus. He said, Jesus is a minister of Hebrews chapter 8, verse 2. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. He takes our crude petitions and prayers and worship and makes them beautiful to the Father. A minister of the true sanctuary. Which the Lord pitched and not mine. When we give to the Lord, he takes our gifts, our tithes, our offerings and worships the Father with it. He's still in the ministry. He hasn't let. So that is all part of his high priesthood ministry. He's doing that for us now. Hebrews 6.20 says, Where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Two. So that is part of his high priesthood ministry. He's there for us as mediator. Is it nobody can approach God on their own if Jesus wasn't available? It is because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father as mediator for us. Let's look at a number of scriptures along those lines. Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews 9, verse 15. He says, for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. The mediator of the new covenant. A new covenant established upon better promises. He is high priest over that new covenant. And you see, before Jesus Christ came, the people in the Old Testament uh, had a form of salvation, but the blood that they shed every year just covered their sins. It did not wipe away sins. Or take away the sin nature. But they had a promissory note. That's what he's talking about here in Hebrews 9.15. The redemption under the first covenant. 
So all those people that trusted in that covenant, when Jesus Christ came, when he did, when, by his sacrifice, they cast in because they are trusted in the old covenant. And that is how come they were able to be made born again. And then Jesus, when he ascended, went with them up to heaven. Other than that, they couldn't have gone there. Crucial. Very important. He is the mediator for the one that is also approaching God. He says, 1 Timothy 2.5. Now we are there. Now you have arrived. Google will say, now you have arrived. You are at your destination. We are there. He says, thank you, Lord. He says, 1 Peter 2.5. He says, for there is one God. There is no other God beside our God. And one mediator between God and man. The man Jesus Christ, who gave himself for all to be a testimony in due time. One mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Notice he says the man, he's still a man. He's fully God, but he's still a man. Oh my God, thank God there is a man represented in the Godhead. One mediator. You see, sometimes, sometimes when, when, you are talk, when you are talking to people, you ask them, why should God allow you um, into heaven? And sometimes we get responses like, um, because I'm a good person. Folks, your good person is not going to get you anywhere <laughs> if Jesus is not in your heart. I'm a good person. I try to do my best every day, do good by people, all that. No, that, no that's, not going, that's not going to be a basis to get there. You must be born again, like Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. But if Jesus was not up there again, nobody, nobody, our goody-goody self wouldn't have made it. No, we didn't make it in the future without Jesus. You being a good, that's nothing to do with it. I'm a good person. Bless your heart. You're a good person. <laughs> but you must be born again. So he's there right now, as acting in that, in that ministry. The Bible says in John, John chapter 14, verse 6, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. He's the way to receiving the new birth or being born again and he's the way to receiving everything else from God. No other way. And the poor devil know that he has a short time so he has all these counterfeits. Is it that the fact that there's a true it's a counterfeit dollar bill means that there's a true one. So he has all these other ways. The Bible says, calls him the deceiver of the whole world. That deceives the world. And makes people think that they can go through different channels. But this morning, I have come announced to you by the word of the Lord that Jesus is the way. I said, Jesus is the way. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Jesus is the way. He's the only way back to the Father. Nothing else. No one else. Can help you get there. Only Jesus. Thank you, Lord. My God. 
So as soon as you become a child of God, you see, uh, the love of God can change anyone. We have to see people through the eyes of the Lord. One time there was a certain deacon. Uh, they were fighting with another deacon in the church. I said, I really don't like this person. So every time they see them, they go, they go the other way. And then one day they were praying. And Jesus gave them a vision. And asked this person to, to look through the holes that were in the hands of Jesus. And see this other deacon. And he said when they saw this person, the person looked so nice. So... Jesus said, this is how I see this person that you don't like. Is ever since then, when they see them, they put their hands up on their face. <laughs> <laughs> and remind themselves that I forgive them. This is Jesus, let, let, let those hands remind me as to how Jesus sees them. Amen. I pray may God help us to see people the way he sees them. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What else is Jesus doing for us? He has a ministry, three, as an advocate. He's the family lawyer. Turn with me to 1 John. Thank you, Lord. 1 John chapter 1. Glory be to the name of the Lord. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he says, My God. He continues to say that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, if we say we have no sin, we have not sinned. We make him a liar and his word is not in, in, in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if anyone sin, we have an advocate. No, that's a legal term. I like the legal terms in the Bible. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, notice that this letter is written to Christians. So, after you become a Christian, maybe for whatever reason, you fall into a temptation or the devil takes advantage of you and you sin, Jesus is there as the family lawyer to help you restore you back to God. You lose your sense of righteousness and you do not want to approach the presence of God. You lose your, that sense of righteousness. So he says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that we can go back into the presence of God. We have an advocate. The goal, he says, chapter 2 verse 1, he says, that you sin not. He's writing these things so that you don't sin, but in case. But we have an advocate. With the Father, he's the righteous one. When you lose your sense of righteousness, you have not stopped being righteous, but you feel, you feel guilty and you cannot go into the presence of God. Jesus is there as your advocate and you can ask 
for forgiveness of sins and he will forgive you. Somebody say thank you for Jesus. Even the Apostle Paul, he, he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Uh, who here is perfect? Maybe just me and the Apostle Paul. <laughs> 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 we are all a work in progress. <laughs> you like that, huh? <laughs> but even he is saying that, no, no, I'm not there yet. This is somebody that went to heaven and came back and all that. He says, I've not arrived. I'm a work in progress. I am pressing forward. There are two schools of thought, and sometimes we tend to go to the extreme. When Calvin was in Bible school, as well as Aminites, they, they believe, Calvinists believe that, you see, predestination, that there's, a, there's an aspect of it. They, they, they believe that uh, God has predestined some people to be saved. And if God hadn't predestined for you to be saved, you won't be saved. And if God doesn't give you a heart to believe, uh, you, you can't believe to be saved. Then the other people went to the extreme at the other side. Along those times, Charles, Charles Finney came along. And Charles Finney was a lawyer. Great man of God. He sometimes would go into cities and, and before he left, all the drinking bars, all, all those places were shut down. Because the people owning the places became born again Christians. And said, no, we're not doing this business anymore. But he was a lawyer, and his friend uh, said to him, you come to church and join the church because it will help you in your business contacts and all that. So he came to the church. And as he was in church, he realized that, no, hang on a minute. I, I, I want to give my life to the Lord. But the people told him, and said, no, 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 no. You can't be saved unless you have been predestined to be saved. So he started reading his Bible. Then the more he read, the more he realized that you can receive God's gift of salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, on your own. So he prayed and became born again. And then he started preaching and others came to the Lord. Then there was the Armenians who also believe in eternal security. You see, that aspect is also there. But you see, that the truth of the matter is, you are eternally secure so long as you remain in Christ Jesus. But you're also a free moral agent. But so he began to preach and to testify. And some also will go to the extreme end. Where they believe that God is like a mean person. He has a fly swatter. And the least thing that you do, uh, you are not going to make heaven. He's going to swat you the very least thing you do. No, no, no. God is not like that. <laughs> no, we serve a good God. He wants you to live for him, but he's not just waiting for you to miss it and then you are, you're out. And you won't make heaven. It takes a very long time for people to get to that, to that point. But anyway. But thank God we have the ministry of Jesus as our advocate. He's at the right hand. Of the Father. And then, four, we have his ministry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus is not on vacation, he hasn't taken one yet. 
His ministry is you and I. Once you become a child of God, he ever lives to make intercession for you. Hebrews chapter 7. My Lord and my God. Verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to say to the animals, those who come to God through him, since he have always lived to make intercession for them. My Lord and my God. He ever lives to intercede for you. You know, sometimes when you, when, you talk to, when you talk to some people, they say, oh, I'll pray for you. And you know and you know that they are not going to pray a leg. They are not going to pray one sentence. <laughs> oh, but not Jesus. I pray for you. I'm going to say, I pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. But thank God, Jesus, even for those who are not saved, think about it. Sometimes mothers will pray for their children. You pray for your family member. But Jesus lives. So let's partner with him in this great ministry of intercession. If Jesus is up there praying, he's still in the ministry, how much more you and I? We ought to be about our father's business also. Like we were talking about this last week. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. But he lives to make, he's doing that right now. He's a very busy person. But his business is you and I. I said his business is you and I. I said his business is you and I. I said his business is you and I. He ever lives. He's doing that right now. Somebody don't ever think about Jesus like he's not busy. Or he's, we stopped being in the ministry after he was raised from the dead. No, 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 no. He lives to make intercession for us. My God. You see, no one is ever born again twice. You are born again once. When you miss it, you repent and God forgives you. If every time you confess your sins, you have to be born again. Some people have been born again. <laughs> Millions of times. <laughs> or thousands of times. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Jesus is praying for you. Let's partner with him in this great ministry of intercession. My Lord and my God. What a privilege. To partner with Jesus in this great ministry of intercession. Notice this. In Hebrews chapter 4, this, all these things are in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, he says, See then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help 
in time of need. Hallelujah. We have a great high priest. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. Another translation, the King classic King James says, he touched by the feeling of our infirmity. Jesus cares about you. If you are a child of God, what you go through, Jesus also feels it. It's just like your natural body. You try hitting your toe against something and, and check if your head feels it or not. You get a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> When one part of your body is affected, your whole body is affected. Because sometimes it's easy to get to a place of despair. It's easy to get to a place of hopelessness. And I say, oh, does Jesus care? I tell you, Jesus cares about you. I say, Jesus cares about you. I say, Jesus cares about you. I said, Jesus cares about you. Amen. One time the disciples were having great issues in a storm. And Jesus was sleeping. What? We are about to drown and you are sleeping. They woke him up and said, and said to him, Do you not care that we perish? What a question. Then he also asked them, Where is your faith? Because that's an indictment on him. Do you not care? He's sleeping. He's giving you the faith. Use the faith. What are you doing? <laughs> but thank God he helped them out. Jesus will always help you out. I love him. He rebuked the storm for them. And after that, he said, let's go. We'll continue these lessons. We'll get you out of the emergency. My Lord and my God. He ever lived. To make intercession for us. He cares and watches about you affectionately. In Isaiah 53 verse 12, he talks about the fact that he made intercession for the transgressors. Talking about when he was on the cross. And he still continues to make intercession. For us. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmity. When you are sick, he feels it. When you are having a bad day, he feels it. How he's able to absorb it, I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> but he's, 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 he's touched with the feeling. Of our infirmity. Thank you Lord Jesus. But you see finally we are coming to the next point. He is. Our good. Shepherd. Psalm 23 verse 1 says. The Lord is. My shepherd. I shall not want. And Jesus comes. And in John chapter 10 verse 14. Says. 
I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. But you see, all these things are supposed to help us live for God. The question we have to ask ourselves, if Jesus is doing all this for us, what am I doing for Jesus? Because Jesus is not here physically. That's, that causes us to lay down our life for others. To live not just for ourselves. The Apostle Paul calls us, he says that we are written epistles known and read by all men. Jesus lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. So when you show up at work tomorrow, you are a living epistle there at the workplace. But he calls, him, he calls himself the good shepherd. You see, Jesus is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Uh, but you see, he set shepherds, or shepherds is another, another word for pastors, down here to help take care of his people. Because sometimes you run into people um, and they say, oh, which church do you go to? I don't go anywhere. I just watch on, um, I don't have a church, home church. I just watch on TV. I just, you see. The thing is, Jesus is touched by the feeling of your infirmity. We are on TV, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against that. But you see, the truth of the matter is, if you don't have a pastor, life happens. Life events come along. There's birth, there's marriage, there's baptism. Things come up. You see. So the pastors are set. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. Then there are under shepherds serving under him in the air. Because the truth of the matter, he calls us sheep. We are sheep of his pastures. Um, you take a sheep. And put a ship on I-25. And say your destination <laughs> is Denver. Let's see how far the ship will get. <laughs> you are go it's going nowhere fast. <laughs> so, so, so you see, uh, we need, we are, we, see, we are not smarter than God. Because sometimes you run into people, I was hurt, I was offended, something happened, and so now I don't, who is your pastor? I don't have a pastor. And usually if you trade, trace it, the bulk of the problem is because they are not planted in a local church. He says in Hebrews chapter 10, thank you. The burden is, you, you can, at least when you are going through something and you are in the fold, Jesus used the term sheepfold, it's easier. It's a shoulder to cry on. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exalting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let's not forsake that. Online streaming is good. TV is good. But this was written before these things came along. And we are not smarter than God. You see. <laughs> Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. When you see sheep, they are always together. If a sheep strays along, uh, away from the fold, it's as helpless as can be. 
So Jesus is functioning in his ministry as shepherd, chief, the chief shepherd. He's doing that right now. He says, I am the good shepherd. Peter calls him the chief shepherd. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Lord and my God. I've talked long enough. We'll continue next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> but in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that in this post-resurrection season, may Jesus reveal himself to you in another dimension. May you get to know God more and more. May you draw closer to God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 3, He appeared to them by many infallible proofs. Jesus is still revealing himself. The best way he reveals himself is through his word. But my prayer for you is, may you get to know God more and more. May you love God more and more. And even as Jesus is still in the ministry, even as he's still serving us, may you use your life to save him and others. May you be always abounding in the work of the Lord. I see God taking your life and using it for his glory. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, through you many others will come to know him. May he become more real to you than ever before. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love him. That's why we want to, we want to be in God's presence. This is good. We are getting fed. Amen. But you're only here for only a, a, I mean a short time. So throughout the week, feed on the podcast. Don't let it be a once a week then. No, we serve God every day of our lives. And we look for opportunities to be a blessing. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Lord. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk. So sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.